This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome into the PHNX DVAC show. I just dropped my phone on the ground, but everything is totally fine, even though it made an extremely loud noise here uh, in the Four Peaks mini bar. That's where we are today. It is just me. One Derek Montia is off uh, doing uh, mayoral tasks, I guess, uh, around the holidays, uh, just sort of doing what he has to do. Uh, he'll be back with us next week. We'll have a number of guests uh, joining us here throughout the week, which should be a great time. Uh, but today you just get me. And Damon, of course. Damon is also here. Uh, Damon will be will be chiming in uh, throughout the show. Hope everyone had, of course, a very Merry Christmas uh, yesterday. Damon, I had a fantastic Christmas up until right around 8.30 p.m. when the Phoenix Suns played a very bad basketball game against the Dallas Mavericks. Tough to watch. And then, yeah, and then all of the fun that I had had throughout the day, just very quickly, uh, it, it was just awful. And it, it left a very bad taste in my mouth from Christmas Day, which was unfortunate. I'd say that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Not not exactly the way I wanted to see the day end. Um, but hey, we're not talking about the Phoenix Suns today. Uh, we're talking about the Arizona Diamondbacks, a team that uh, a lot of people have kind of turned to is like, you know, can't wait for spring training, can't wait for the calendar to flip around and I get to stop worrying about the Suns and start thinking about the Arizona Diamondbacks, which of course makes a lot of sense given the season that they just had. Um, but there was uh, some sad news, uh, especially for you, Damon, I'm sure, uh, that came out a few days ago as one Mitch Garver officially signed with the Seattle Mariners, two years, $24 million dollars. That came out on Christmas Eve. Uh, mad respect to Jeff Passan, who reported that was you know out there uh, hustling, working on Christmas Eve when uh, the rest of us were were very much not. Uh, but Mitch Garver goes to the Seattle Mariners. Of course, he kind of steps in. Uh, nice piece for them. Steps in and essentially replaces Tom Murphy in some ways. Uh, Tom Murphy, of course, was a backup catcher for the Mariners. We talked about him as being a potential target for the Diamondbacks. He winds up signing with the San Francisco Giants on a two-year deal for around eight million dollars we talked about that last week uh, now Mitch Garver steps in into that Mariners lineup and uh, he's a I mean he's a really good player uh, there's a reason that we talked about him here on this show as being one of the primary targets for the Diamondbacks and uh, you know uh, for whatever reason the Diamondbacks wound up not pulling the trigger here he goes to the Seattle Mariners and Damon's Christmas was ruined am I am I right Damon yeah sweet baby Mitch I was I was really wanting him and it just it was tough it was tough to see for sure Mitch Garver an 870 OPS in 2023 uh Numbers, yeah, I mean, numbers that were absolutely outstanding, and I can fully understand why, you know, obviously there's some injury concerns there, there's some durability questions with Mitch Garver that are very valid, uh, and, you know, who's who really knows exactly what the Mariners are getting here? Are they going to pay Mitch Garver... 12 million or, or whatever it is in 2024 to play, you know, 140 games for them? Or is it going to be more like the last few years where it's going to be more like Mitch Garver playing 
you know, 70 games for them, something in that neighborhood. Uh, but we saw with the Texas Rangers, you know, how impactful of a player he can be. Uh, you know, the Rangers were not necessarily relying all that much on Mitch Garver because they had a star studded lineup. Um, but yeah, I mean, Garver, absolutely one of the guys we had near the top of the list uh, as far as who the Diamondbacks could target at DH. He winds up going to the Seattle Mariners. And of course, this kind of brings up the question of where do the Diamondbacks go from here? Uh, if you're the D-backs, Mitch Garver is now off the table. There are still a number of names that are still out there. J.D. Martinez, of course, is one that we've talked on this show quite a bit. Jorge Soler, Reese Hoskins, Justin Turner. Uh, we talked about Tommy Pham, just bringing him back as being a possibility there as well. As far as lefties go, we talked about a couple of left-handed options in Brandon Belt and Jock Peterson last week. Of course, Mike Hazen, when he addressed the media talking about the Lourdes Gurriel move, he said that the Diamondbacks don't necessarily have to target uh, a right-handed hitter for that DH spot. He brought up the idea of a lefty being an option as well. Uh, I guess you could sort of bridge the gap and go with a Carlos Santana, him being uh, a switch hitter and also a potential option here. Damon, I'm curious. Mitch Garver's off the table. You can't have the guy that might have been your number one. Is there anyone on this list who's sort of standing out to you? Is like, all right, that's the new that's the new crown jewel of all the designated hitter targets. Well, I think Mitch Garver was just like per, a personal like. I thought he was kind of undervalued, but I do think JD is better than Mitch Garver, so I would still say JD is the crown jewel. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, we did hear, I believe there was a report uh, regarding the Mariners situation that the Mariners were priced out of J.D. Martinez, and that sort of led them in the direction of Mitch Garver, which is interesting. Uh, Mitch Garver gets 224, and the Mariners were priced out of J.D. Martinez. So probably safe to say that J.D. Martinez is looking for a two-year deal and will probably get it when all is said and done. We've talked about that before, how, you know, when a guy puts up those kind of numbers and, you know, hits 33 homers and drives in over 100, uh, playing around 115 games, it's hard to imagine that guy only getting a one-year contract, even though obviously he's 36 and, you know, there's certainly there's certainly some risk there. Um, but yeah, J.D. Martinez certainly still probably at the top of the list for a lot of Diamondbacks fans can certainly understand why. Uh, you know, whether he's in, whether he's realistically in the Diamondbacks price range is is a different question. And uh, that's something that we'll just have to wait and see. My my guess is that that would probably be pushing it a little bit. We know the Diamondbacks still want help at catcher. Mike Hazen has talked about adding to the bullpen as well. He's even talked about adding to the starting rotation. Back when the E-Rod move was made, he said, you're never done adding to your starting rotation and sort of gave the indication that the D-backs were still looking at additions there. We don't know exactly how much the D-backs have to spend. They're already right around $140 million, uh, you know, after these last few moves that they've made, after the Erod move, after the Lourdes Gurriel move. Uh, and that's a number we didn't even know if they would hit at the very beginning of the offseason. I think Gambo said $150 million. He, he said early in the offseason that he wouldn't be surprised if the Diamondbacks wound up north of 150 or around 150 or north of that. Uh, so yeah, maybe there's another $10 million to spend um, if the D-backs were to land around 150. But I don't think $10 million is getting you J.D. Martinez. Uh, if it didn't get you Mitch Garver, uh, it's not going to get you J.D. Martinez. So 
Uh, still have to kind of wait and see how things pan out there. Um, maybe there's a way for the Diamondbacks to pull off a two-year deal where the dollar value in the first year is a little bit lower, dollar value in the second year is a little higher. We've seen that on Lourdes's contract. The first year is a little bit lower at $10 million. Similar story with Erod where the first year is $14 million. Maybe the D-backs would try to do that again with whichever uh, designated hitter target they ultimately sign if they're able to get one. Uh, but we'll have to we'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, another thing I wanted to talk about real quick before we get into the mailbag questions is some rule changes that happened uh, that were announced just last week. Uh, there were four of them. If we could get that uh, tweet up on the screen. This is from Jesse Rogers over at ESPN just outlining the various changes coming to Major League Baseball in 2024 because of course there were not enough changes in 2023. So we have to, we gotta, you gotta, you know, change things up a little bit. Uh, try to make the game more interesting in 2024 because clearly not enough was done in that regard this year. Uh, there are four main changes here. The first one is that the pitch clock with runner is on base is being reduced from 20 seconds down to 18 seconds. Uh, so not a huge change there. Major League Baseball had some research that showed that you know, most pitchers with runners on base were operating much more quickly than this. So theoretically, it wouldn't affect the vast majority of pitchers. Um, but still something that, you know, they want to make, they, they want to keep pitchers from sort of circumventing the clock and, uh, you know, using that extra five seconds that they don't really need, it seemed, uh, in order to just sort of, you know, slow the game down. So that's one, one change here. Another one, uh, mound visits. The number of mound visits had been five. It is now down to four. This one, I think, is pretty reasonable. We did see some situations where the Diamondbacks would, you know, you know, you run through a few mound, a few mound visits early in the game, and you're a little worried about that, what that might look like later in the game. The reality for me is that baseball is just such a reasonably slow-paced sport already and already gives you plenty of downtime, specifically in the dugout in between innings and so forth. You really should be able to operate without all that many mound visits. Uh, I don't have a problem with this, and I, it wouldn't totally shock me if Major League Baseball tries to continue to bring this number down over time. I don't know if I ever see Major League Baseball having a universe where there are zero mound visits. Uh, that would be that would be fascinating. I, I don't really see that as being a realistic possibility, but. That seems to be the direction that things are moving. Uh, we'll see what that looks like this year with only four of those visits as opposed to five. Another interesting one, if a pitcher warms up to start an inning, he must face at least one batter. And to be clear, this is talking about if a pitcher warms up on the mound. This is not just if a pitcher is warming up in the bullpen, he automatically has to enter the game and pitch one inning or at least face one batter. That would be utterly ridiculous. That is not what this rule says. It is not that if you get your closer up in the bullpen and then the score changes and you don't want to use him, you still have to bring in your closer. That's not what this says. Um, but it does. Uh, there were, I think it was like 24 situations that Major League Baseball found from the entire 2023 season not all that many, where teams brought in a pitcher to warm up on the mound and that pitcher, because of, you know, some like pinch hitting situation or whatever, uh, they wound up not wanting that pitcher to actually face anyone. And so, you know, you've just had that pitcher like taking all their warm up tosses and then that time is essentially wasted when a team decides to go to the bullpen and bring in another pitcher who has to then, uh, you know, get warmed up on on the game mound and everything as well. So, 
not a whole not not a huge issue there that major league baseball is trying to combat this is a, a pretty rare occurrence uh but of course everything is done in the name of trying to uh trying to get the game to to move more quickly and trying to eliminate any any little uh you know any little thing that is causing downtime and major league baseball identified this as being one of those things uh the last one at least that's significant that's worth talking about uh this one is interesting the uh, running lane to first base has been expanded uh, another pretty subtle change, something people may not have been aware of, um, but this is uh, per an MLB.com article from Anthony Castrovince said previously MLB rule 509A11 required a batter to run the last half of the distance between home plate and first base between the foul line and a three foot line drawn on the right hand side of the dirt. So essentially what this rule does is it just simplifies the process and it just makes it so that for base runners, if you're going if you're going from home to first base, it's simple. Dirt is good. Grass is bad. If you're running on the dirt, this is good. If you're running on the grass, then that would, of course, would be uh, would be a violation at that point. Um, this works especially well for right handed hitters um, who have a little bit more of a direct line to first base because they're allowed to use the entire dirt rather than just the sort of uh, first base side of the dirt, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, not a not a huge thing, pretty subtle. Uh, I wouldn't say that any of these changes are enormous, um, but Major League Baseball is is trying to cut down on the timing of the game. That's the primary, uh, the primary goal here. Of course, some of these things are kind of nitpicking at other aspects of the game. But of course, uh, the MLBPA was not happy about it. Uh, we have a tweet here that shows uh, MLBPA's response, uh, which, of course, there was. Uh, it seems like anything that is instituted by Major League Baseball, there's going to be some pushback. Uh, this is a statement from Executive Director Tony Clark. Uh, regarding player votes against these 2024 rule changes. Uh, Clark said this afternoon, player representatives voted against the 2024 rule changes proposed by the commissioner's office. As they made clear in the competition committee, players strongly feel that following last season's profound changes to the fundamental rules of the game, immediate additional changes are unnecessary and offer no meaningful benefits to fans, players, or the competition on the field. This season should be used to gather additional data and fully examine the health safety and injury impacts of reduced recovery time that is where our focus will be uh, so basically how this works is major league baseball has set up a joint competition committee but the players are sort of underrepresented on that committee uh, and so if major league baseball wants to institute changes and everyone on their side unanimously agrees it doesn't actually matter if the players vote against it. That's just the nature of how this committee is built. And so as you saw there, uh, the players did not vote in favor of this. They voted against all of these changes being made. You can certainly understand their sentiment that they don't want Major League Baseball changing the rules again so quickly after instituting obviously very significant changes during the 2023 season. Uh, I thought it was interesting in response to the tweet that had that statement in it. Uh, Diamondbacks pitching strategist Dan Heron sort of voiced his opinion on this as well. Uh, we have a graphic here of Dan Heron's response. Uh, he just sort of uh, 
just tried to kind of make light of the situation and uh, make his opinion known. Uh, any word if they are shortening the two and a half minute commercial breaks in between innings? Dan Heron said, doubt it. Uh, and this is sort of his way of saying that, you know, Major League Baseball is doing everything in their power to cut down the times of these games. And yet they're not really they're not really giving anything up in return. Right. They're not shortening commercial breaks. Um, you know, their their agenda here is very clear that they're trying to shorten the length of the game and they're not going to shorten other things like commercial breaks that obviously would not be in their best interest to do. Uh, Dan Heron, not too happy about that. And you can understand why him and, as I said earlier, the players at large are not super on board with the idea of Major League Baseball introducing uh, rule changes once again. My personal take on this, though, is that none of these changes are all that significant and it's probably fine. Mound visits from five to four is kind of just a, a deal with it situation where I, I just th- I think teams are going to be fine. I think they should be able to do that. 20 seconds to 18 seconds with runners on base. Uh, again, I don't think is going to be a, a major, major change when all is said and done. Um, you know, the baseline being expanded, that also not a major change probably helps. Uh, helps uh, right-handed hitters in particular, as I said earlier. Uh, the pitching, you know, pitchers warming up on the mound thing, another pretty minor detail. So, yeah, you kind of get the sense that MLBPA is just going to oppose anything uh, that Major League Baseball does. And there's some validity to their case. But ultimately, I don't really have a huge problem with any of these changes. And I think they're probably all going to be fine when all is said and done. Well, hopefully, uh, during your Christmas, you were able to get your hands on some Arizona lottery tickets because what else would you want for Christmas other than tickets from our friends over at Arizona Lottery? Uh, They have holiday scratchers from Arizona Lottery that make last-minute shopping easy. Uh, They make a perfect gift, as we've said so many times. And of course, this not only applies leading up to Christmas, but after Christmas as well. If you find yourself in a situation where you felt like your your gift just didn't quite land right or was a little underwhelming, somebody wasn't so happy with what you gave them, there's still time to make it right by getting them a holiday scratcher. Uh, So go out and buy your holiday scratchers today from our friends at Arizona Lottery. Find a retailer like our friends at Circle K near you at ArizonaLottery.com. You must be 21 or older to play. I uh, also want to tell you about our friends at Circle K, where those Arizona lottery uh, tickets can be purchased. Circle K is America's thirst stop. Uh, if you become a member of the Inner Circle, their new free membership program, you can save 25 cents per gallon on your first five fill-ups. You save three cents per gallon every day thereafter. You get every sixth free on a selection of Circle K products, including pizza, coffee, ice-cold fountain drinks, uh, all sorts of incredible deals to be had if you just become an Inner Circle member. And again, it's entirely free. So join Inner Circle for free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for details. Well, today is not Monday. Uh, Today is Tuesday. Monday, of course, was Christmas. No show on Monday. Uh, So we were unable to do our normal Mailbag Monday show, but we decided to just push that a day, uh, do that today. Instead, we got a number of fun questions as well as some also serious questions about where the Diamondbacks are headed in 2024. Uh, So you all know what we do on Mondays, even though today is not Monday. Uh, Damon, let's go ahead and go to the Mailbag. I can't believe I have to do this again, but every (laughs) month is Pride Month. Every month is... (laughs) Indigenous Peoples Month. Every month is Women's History Month. Every month is Black Women's History Month. Every day is Earth Day. Every week is Shark Week. Every Monday. Or Tuesday. Or Tuesday. We go to mailbag. And then once in a while, there's a letter that makes me go wow, wow. 
Thank you to everyone who submitted a question for the mailbag this week. We have a whole lot to get to, so let's go ahead and jump in. Uh, this question comes from Chris Dula on Twitter. Uh, Chris says, if I can get this load, will you give Paven flowers for his gift to his parents? The video had me crying emoji. Uh, yeah, if people didn't see this, it is uh, it is something that all of you should should know about. Pretty cool moment. Uh, Paven Smith posted a video. I think it was on TikTok. I want to say that's where I saw it. It might have been on Instagram as well. Um, he basically paid off his parents' mortgage uh, as a Christmas present. And uh, Paven Smith, of course, is I, I believe he also gave his parents a car not long ago. That was like a thing floating around for a while. Uh, he's shown himself to be very, uh, very generous. Paven Smith also, of course, is not exactly the highest paid member of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, he made uh, he was on the league minimum, essentially right around the league minimum in 2023. Of course, he didn't spend the entire season uh, in the majors. So it was sort of like a prorated portion of that league minimum, plus whatever you make in the minors for just being a member of the 40-man roster. Uh, so he made less than 750 k in 2023, uh, according to our calculations. I don't know exactly what it was, and I have no idea what his uh, parents had left on their mortgage, of course. Uh, I imagine his $5 million signing bonus from 2017 might have helped out a little bit there. Uh, but an extremely generous gesture from Paven Smith to his parents, and he wrote a lovely... A poetic note to his parents in order to kind of explain to them what was happening and it was incredibly heartwarming um so if you haven't seen the video you should go you should go find it and uh yeah everyone should be throwing some flowers to paven smith uh after after seeing him do that if i was a parent of any other member of the diamondbacks i would be like all right well, like why aren't you paying off my mortgage right like if paven's gonna pay off his parents mortgage everyone should be doing that um, but yeah, uh, incredible, incredible gesture, uh, from, from Paven Smith for sure. Uh, what do we got next, Damon? All right. Our next question comes from, uh, Lef, uh, Brian Lefevre. Um, I'm probably mispronouncing that last name. I, I think it's Lefevre. Lefevre. Okay. Thank you. Um, he says the D-backs magical run last year was incredible, but I feared if they didn't win the World Series, it'd be 10 times more difficult for them to get back. With other teams getting stronger, what can we expect from the team in years to come? Regular playoff appearances, are we happy with that? Yeah, I think this is a this is a, a good point. Um, obviously, I, I think I think magical was a, uh, is a is a good word to describe the Diamondbacks run. Um it is uh, it is incredible what the Diamondbacks were able to accomplish in in 2023, and uh, frankly, pretty unexpected. Uh, you know, even the the diehardest of Diamondbacks fans probably didn't see the Diamondbacks going all the way to the World Series when all uh, when all is said and done. But there is this reality that you know, once you make it to that point, it's really hard to get back, no matter how bright the future looks. Uh, and as much as I hate to bring up the Suns again, we saw the Suns get to this point a couple years ago, and it seemed like it would be the first of many. They were way ahead of schedule at the time. Uh, obviously, Chris Paul was was aging a little bit. The, the Suns were going to need to find someone to step in for him. But in the long term, the future still looked extremely bright. Uh, and, you know, a couple years later from that, that wasn't that long ago, the Suns are now in a in a difficult position where they've made some moves and you know they've they've made some bets that really haven't paid off so far and the Diamondbacks haven't made any of those moves they still of course have a, you know a very promising core in place but no matter who you are no matter how well you are set up for the future there's always this reality that once you get to that point it's going to be really hard to get back 
uh, no matter what, no matter how promising that future looks. Um, and yeah, Brian said, with other teams getting stronger, what can we expect from the team in years to come? As far as that part, yeah, I think I think the hope if you're a Diamondbacks fan is that this team is able to find its way back into the postseason time and time again, right? Uh, you're looking for some consistency here. The reality is, had the Diamondbacks not made the playoffs in 2023, which they very narrowly were able to do, it would have been the longest playoff drought in franchise history. Uh, the Diamondbacks have, have, you know, they never had more than six years between playoff appearances, but there were times this past season where it looked like it was going to be more than six years. And yeah, I think, I think that's probably what you have to hope for. If you're hoping for, you know, to be back in the World Series two out of the next three seasons, that's probably a little bit unrealistic. But if you're able to get to the playoffs in two of the next three seasons, I think that's a much more a much more realistic outcome. Baseball is a sport where making the playoffs gives you a shot at going to the World Series. So I, I don't think it's realistic unless you're necessarily the Dodgers to expect to go to the World Series, you know? Yeah. You just have to get into the playoffs and hope things break your way once you get there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, I mean, even the, you know, the teams that are arguably set up best uh, in 2024, those teams are just hoping to get in the playoffs as well and probably feel confident that they will. But yeah, once you get there, anything can happen as we saw in 2023. And yeah, if you're a D-backs fan, I would be happy with that. I would be happy with the D-backs just, you know, finding a way to consistently be a postseason team for you know, really the first time since the very beginning of the franchise, uh, you know, they had a nice run there for a few years after the franchise launched. Since then, these postseason runs have been have been very sporadic. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm going to say it again. Only the Dodgers have that kind of championship pressure aspirations, yeah. in my opinion. So we will dance on their grave when they don't do it. There you go. There you go. Uh, what do we uh, what do we got next here, Damon? All right. Our next question comes from at more for me on Twitter. Uh, this is from Travis. He says, can you please talk about the value that comes with the D-backs first three draft picks being where they are right now as opposed to having one really high pick for next year's draft? Is there value in getting more bites at the apple? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, I think you'd obviously, like given where the D-backs are picking, you'd certainly rather have three picks than one. Uh, there's no question there. The D-backs will pick 29th, 31st, and 35th in the 2024 draft. That 29th pick is just coming from the fact that they got second place when all was said and done, they went to the World Series. Uh, their draft capital took a big hit with every round that they advanced. But of course, uh, I'm sure the team is, is certainly happy with that, that the trade they'd make. But yeah, they're picking 29th. They're picking 31st. That 31st pick comes from Corbin Carroll winning the Rookie of the Year award. And then they're also picking 35th. That's in the competitive balance uh, A round. That's another another pick that they have. Fangraphs wrote a story back in 2019 about the value of a draft pick, which is an interesting concept. It's not really the slot value of the pick. The slot value is just how much money you have to spend on the player. But the value of the pick is trying to quantify like how much value, um, which ultimately goes back to wins above replacement, how much value is you know are each of these players on average going to produce for you? Uh, and this Fangraph story from 2019, they said that the 29th pick in the draft is worth 10.3 million, the 31st pick is worth 9.8 million, and the 35th pick is worth 8.8 million. So according to that, the D-backs have about 28.9 million dollars of value between those three picks. Now, for reference, the Colorado Rockies will pick third overall in the 2024 draft. That pick 
according to this article, which again is a few years old, is worth $38.2 million. So on paper, if you look at the average value that comes from a number three pick versus the combined value of the three picks that the D-backs have, you actually would rather just have the number three overall pick. Um, but that said, if you're the D-backs and you're in a situation where you just went to the World Series and you're not going to have a number three pick, uh, you would obviously rather have more more bites at the apple, as Travis said, uh, than you know just having you know. Uh, I guess two picks would normally be the situation. They'd have the competitive balance pick, and then they'd also have their first round pick wherever that wherever that lands. Um, so yeah, uh, this is, there's a lot of value in the Diamondbacks having uh, having these extra picks. Um, but at the same time, you just want to keep in perspective that a late first round pick and early second round pick is not at all the same as a top of the first round pick. Theoretically, you'd rather you'd rather have that on paper. Uh, Damon, let's uh, let's go to the next one. What else? Uh, what else we got here? Uh, next question comes from uh, Karen on Twitter. This is at Groundhog Mama Two. Uh, she says, "How do you think the D-backs will respond in 2024 to having quote unquote expectations on them? They admit they played free because there were no expectations in 2023." And yeah, I think that's a really good question. The dynamic of the 2024 Diamondbacks is going to be very different, uh, just given the fact that they are no longer the under the radar, you know, nobody knows about them kind of team, right? And this is something that Tori was actually asked to winter meetings a few weeks back, back at the beginning of December. Uh, you know, it seemed like you guys really thrived in being in a situation where you were you were the chaser, uh, you were the hunter, you were not the hunted. And uh, Tori was asked about that and what it will look like when the, the script kind of flips in 2024. Uh, here's how his answer started. Uh, he said, first of all, that's unavoidable and I want us to embrace that. I get introduced to different things or different events and it's the National League Champions Arizona Diamondbacks that sounded great it sounds great but you're right now there's an X on our back and this is certainly something the D-backs are going to be aware of going into 2024 I think about Zach Gallen and the Players Tribune article that he wrote a few days ago and just the confidence that he expressed the fact that you know he's viewing this as a new era of Diamondbacks baseball that what the team accomplished in 2023 is is you know maybe going to have some staying power into into 2024 as well um so yeah it, it is absolutely going to be a different dynamic for the team in 2024 and Tori is aware of that, wants the team to embrace that. Uh, I think it's also worth noting that during the season, if you go back to May and June, the Diamondbacks in some ways were kind of the hunted. Not maybe to the extent that they will be in 2024, but there was a point a couple months into the season when the D-backs had the best record in the National League. They have been you know, a team in that kind of position before, and frankly, they didn't handle it all that well. Right when they were in that position during the season, that's around when their their free fall started. Obviously, you know, end of June into July, early August was a really tough time for them. They went from 16 games over 500, you know, all the way down to two games under 500 in the span of about a month. Um, so they have some experience with this in in some ways, and it didn't go especially well. Uh, but 2024 will be different, and it it will be very interesting to see how the Diamondbacks respond to that. Uh, we have one more question here for this segment of Mailbag Tuesday. This comes from Don's Bread, and this was an inevitable question that someone was going to ask. Don's Bread said, when are we getting Jesse to shop for Christmas during a normal period? 
And the reality, Don Spread, is that it's never going to change until I have a Christmas where I just don't come up with something for someone. Like the day where I show up at Christmas and I just don't have a gift for someone that I needed to get a gift for, that's when it ultimately is going to change. But Damon, that hasn't happened yet. And as of right now, I'm not sure it's ever going to happen because I find a way to pull this off uh, every year, even though I don't start my Christmas shopping until uh, basically Christmas Eve. Uh, and Damon, I have a sense that maybe you're in a similar boat here yeah, as, mean, as me. My parents both listen to this podcast, so uh, at the risk of them getting upset with me, I went down <laughs> to Tucson on I've, I, whenever our last show was, whatever day that was, and I stopped at Tempe Marketplace on the way down, and it was... A total shit show. I mean, there yeah. were so many cars. It was red traffic, like literally in the parking lot on my maps. Tempe on- Marketplace is just. Oh, I feel like brutal. I feel like that was that was just a bad choice on your it part. It was brutal. David. Yeah, I probably could have found a different Barnes and Noble for sure. Mm. Well, yeah, it's all about where you go to. Yeah. I will. I will say that is uh, that is an important factor. Um, on Christmas Eve, I was at it was a Walmart for a while. Um, it was it was roaming on Christmas Eve. I, on Christmas Eve, that's insane. They don't close until six o'clock. I I, I left at like three thirty, Damon. So I, I had I had 23rd. plenty of time. I'm way better than you. I went on the you 23rd. went on the twenty third. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Um, but yeah, again, I was able to get all the gifts I needed to. So we'll we'll see if uh, we'll see if that ever does change. Um, we have a special parlay arranged for you. Uh, that you should absolutely get in on over at our friends at BetMGM. If you don't have the BetMGM Sportsbook app, uh, you should get it. I'll tell you more about that soon. Uh, but I want to hand it over to Damon, who has uh, our parlay for this week that you all should be getting in on. Yeah, guys. So uh, I cooked up half of most of this parlay on the PHNX Bet Show. Uh, all of this were, were picks that I made, but uh, I'm kind of combining a couple here. Uh, for this parlay I'm giving out, and uh, we're going to go Magic money line against the Wizards, Rockets money line against the Pacers, and Kings money line against the Trailblazers. Combine those three, plus 184, Bet MGM Sportsbook. See if they got a boost or something for you, but there you King, go. Kings and Magic playing the Wizards and, and Trailblazers, terrible teams, and the uh, Rockets are playing the Pacers, who are solid, but the Rockets are 12-2 and two at home. So there you uh, go. it's in Houston, uh, and that's that's how we're doing it. All right. Well, everyone knows that Damon has a 100% success rate with these parlays. I don't lose. Uh, so you're just, if you don't actually place that bet on the BetMGM Sportsbook app, you're just walking away from free money is basically what you're doing. Uh, but yeah, if you haven't, uh, if you haven't already downloaded the BetMGM Sportsbook app, uh, you absolutely should go ahead and do that. You can sign up for BetMGM. Use bonus code PHNX when you do so. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through BetMGM sportsbook mobile application of at least ten dollars if that bet loses your bonus bets will be available once your excuse me once your initial wager is settled um really incredible incredible intro offers that they have going over there right now check out the show notes for full details and now listen to shane talk about i'm gonna need you to filibuster for one second all right you're going yeah we're soon going to listen to shane talk about the disclaimer we're not quite there yet um, but yeah, uh, I guess I'll just talk more about Damon and how incredibly successful uh, all of it, all of his bets have been. He is the host of our bets show here at PHNX, so if there's anyone to trust, it's absolutely Damon, uh, and and he has the he has the track record to prove it. So uh, yeah, I don't know. Again, if you if you're not placing this bet, then you're just you're just walking away from free money. Check out the show notes for full details. Now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. <laughs> 
Pittsburgh Gambler. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-522-4700, Nevada. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Kansas, Nevada, New York, or Ontario. 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 Okay, there we go. I wasn't sure if Damon was if he was going to do it with you. me or not. Um, yes. Uh, also, uh, be sure to check out our friends over at Game Time if you have not already. This is another great way to make up for you know if you just gave someone a dud of a gift, you can just like go get them some tickets to an event they care about. It's going to make everything just perfectly fine. Uh, there's a very personal experience buying from our friends over at Game Time. It's the most aesthetically pleasing ticketing app that is out there. Uh, these, of course, as I said, make great gifts, so be sure to get in on that. If there's someone in your life that you still feel like you need to give something to, uh, snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHNX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHNX for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And with that, we jump back into the mailbag. Damon, what else? Uh, what else do we got? Uh, this question comes over on Twitter. It's a Cody Bellinger related question. Uh, this is from Big Boso Boy Six Nine on Twitter. Uh, what a what a what a bad name. yeah That's what awesome. a, an incredible incredible ad absolutely. Uh, he says probably out of the realm of possibility, but Cody Bellinger would be a great fit since Hazen said he wanted a left-handed power bat. He hangs in against lefties, has speed and Gold Glove defense. Then could trade a left-handed outfielder for a backup catcher. That's betting 2023 wasn't a fluke and no one overpays him. Uh, someone is probably going to overpay him. I guess I'll just start by by saying that. Uh, the rumor, of course, has been that Cody Bellinger wants at least $200 million. He's represented by Scott Boris. Um and yeah, I know, I know, uh, you know, this individual has already said that this is probably out of the realm of possibility. I think it is very out of the realm of, of possibility for the D-backs, not just from a financial standpoint, um, but we've talked about Bellinger a little bit before on the show as well. The roster fit just doesn't really make sense for me when you have Alec Thomas manning center field doing what he's able to do defensively out there. It just doesn't really make sense to pay a premium to add someone else at that position, especially given that Cody Bellinger, as we've also talked about, about on this show the the numbers just don't really back out don't really back up the the surface numbers that he put up in 2023 uh some of the underlying numbers uh, as far as hard hit rate, uh barrel rate, all of those things they don't really they're not really indicative of an elite level major league hitter uh, i think cody bellinger had a good offensive season in 2023 but i think he's probably a little bit more like a little above average uh as a hitter not not the top tier hitter that we saw this past season um i do still think the idea of the diamondbacks trading a left-handed hitting outfielder is a possibility uh i'm not sure whether that would be for a backup catcher or something else that is something i would i would keep an eye out on uh the d-backs still have some some depth in that area especially after bringing back lordis you have jake mccarthy and dominic fletcher theoretically not really fitting into the everyday lineup at this point there is some depth there. There's theoretically a, a move to be made. Um, but yeah, Cody Bellinger, I will acknowledge like, yes, there, you know, uh, he kind of did away with his big splits this past year. Um, you know, he wouldn't be a bad, a bad player to have on the team, but given the cost and the fit, I, I don't really think it, I don't really think it makes sense. Uh, what else, uh, what else do we got, Damon? 
this question is regarding the TV situation, which of course we've talked about a lot on the show. It's from Bob Altman on Twitter. He says, what is the latest on the TV situation for next season? Trying to decide whether to get Hulu Live, YouTube, or something else. And I want to make sure I can get the games. Um, yeah, it's a good, good, uh, very valid question. At this point, it's a little bit hard to say um, as negotiations are still taking place, which of those streaming services are going to have Diamondbacks games and which ones will not. Uh, this past season and over the last few years, it's been a bit of a revolving door where you sign up for one service and they have it. And then a few months later, they don't have it. And so you wind up having to cancel that one and go get a different one. Um, I could try to make a prediction about which ones will and which ones will not right now. Um, but uh, it, yeah, I would be more guessing than anything. I think... Unfortunately, we kind of just have to wait and see how all of this pans out uh, and, you know, who how the Diamondbacks are, are really planning on doing this. It's possible that there's some direct over the air uh, component to this. That's something that Ken Kendrick talked about, something the Phoenix Suns, of course, have, have taken part in. Um, so, yeah, maybe maybe you won't even have to pay uh, to watch some of these games. That's a possibility. But at this point, I can't really uh, speculate too much on which services will have them, uh, which ones will not. Uh, to my knowledge, I don't believe Hulu Live or YouTube TV had uh, access to Diamondbacks games as of the end of the season. Um, so, yeah, maybe if uh, if there's anyone in the chat who's had those services recently, they can confirm that. But I don't think those those have had Diamondbacks games in, in the recent past. So I probably wouldn't count on them carrying Diamondbacks games moving forward. Uh, but, yeah, as we get updates on this situation, we'll, we'll certainly we'll certainly keep all of you guys updated. Uh, Damon, what do we got next? Uh, this question from at Granky's. No, 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 no. He wants to remain anonymous. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, we're not going to share uh, this This individual requested to, re to remain Zach anonymous. Granke? It's from, yeah, this is from Zach Granky himself. We'll just, we'll just leave it at that. Um, with Guriel expected to be a majority left fielder next season, just as this season, do you have some concerns on Corbin Carroll as a full-time right fielder considering his arm value is rated bottom one percent yeah this is this is a uh downside to the diamondbacks decision to bring back lordis guriel lordis guriel is a left fielder i do not expect him to play any right field in 2024 or probably beyond and that means that corbin carroll will probably get a lot of time in right field not great to have a guy with a first percentile arm uh, you know, as, as your everyday right fielder. The one thing that I do see here that is that is possible and could help the situation is the Diamondbacks won't necessarily have Corbin in right against lefties in particular. Against righties, they probably will because Alec Thomas is going to start. He's going to play center field. You figure Lourdes is still going to start against righties. Corbin would probably be in there in right field. But against lefties, I think the door is open. We saw a lot of this last year for Alec Thomas to not start. Uh, we, of course, know that Alec has, has struggled against lefties in the past. That would push Corbin Carroll to center field, potentially. And then it would open the door for someone else to play right. Uh, now, of course, that was Jake McCarthy uh, a lot this past season. We saw what that looks like. McCarthy is probably a better arm than Corbin Carroll, but not necessarily by a whole lot. Uh, the D-backs don't have a whole lot of great arms uh, in the outfield in their system currently. Um, so, yeah, uh, it, you know, it, I guess it sort of depends on who that DH that we uh, that the Diamondbacks bring in winds up being. 
which we talked about at the top of the show. If it's someone who does have the ability to step in and play a little bit of right field, which we know the Diamondbacks would love to have some degree of positional flexibility with that guy. If it's someone who can step in and play right field and has a decent arm, uh, that might allow you to, you know, against lefties, you switch Corbin Carroll to center where his arm wouldn't be quite as big of an issue. Uh, and then you have, you know, a, a better arm set up in right field. But either way, this is going to be not a strength for the Diamondbacks. There's just no, there's no getting around that. Um, and uh, the fact is that the Diamondbacks are going to have a pretty good outfield defense anyway. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different ways to be valuable in the outfield. Uh, range is the one where the Diamondbacks have really thrived. They're able to get to a lot of balls that other teams can't get to. And they do, yes, they do have a bit of a setback as far as arm strength is concerned. But when all is said and done, I think they're still going to have a pretty good outfield defense when all is when all is said and done. And that's, yeah, I mean, ultimately, that's kind of the most important thing is the D-backs are not going to be, uh, you know, a liability defensively. Corbin Carroll still grades out as a roughly average uh, defender uh, because his range is, is quite good, even though he takes a bit of a, a bit of a step back as far as his arm is concerned. Do you think that there's any way that he can develop that? Part of um, this game because his arm strength while it's not good is not one percent of the league bad whereas his yeah. arm value like meaning like i'm assuming his accuracy and how many putouts and stuff he gets from his arm right is horrific so it shows to me that at least there's some room for growth there if if he can practice that well yeah, it was interesting. If you if you go back to 2022, this was obviously a really small sample for Corbin Carroll. Uh, he was at 86.9 miles per hour. That was his arm his arm strength ranking. I think it's taking like your top uh, the top 10% of your throws or something like that, and then averaging out uh, you know the miles per hour of the baseball as it exits your hand. He was above average actually in a very brief sample in 2022. Around, around 87 miles an hour. And then in 2023, that number dipped to 83.3 miles per hour. It's a little hard for me to believe that Corbin Carroll's arm just got like significantly worse over the offseason. That would seem to be a little odd. Uh, I think the way that they calculate this number, there's a lot of noise. So I wouldn't really read it as like Corbin Carroll went from having an above average arm to having, you know, one of the worst arms in baseball. Um yeah, I don't know if there's as much development to be had there as much as just getting like the true value of his arm and, uh, you know, finding ways to have it translate results wise better than it has. The hopefully, strength probably just is what it is. Hopefully it, it just is like a little bit of an anomaly and it just re- yeah. comes back to the mean a little bit. But because, yeah, I mean, 65 arm arm strength last season, 34th this past season. Right. Shouldn't be 1% of the league value of arm. Yeah. That's a that's a very valid point. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think it's good. Uh, it may it may never be good. It probably never will be good. But there are some reasons to believe it won't be. Uh, you know, it won't be quite what we saw in in twenty twenty three. Last year, it was like jump off the screen at you bad. It was pretty bad. Like yeah. every time yeah. you throw it, I was like I was like ashamed. <laughs> yeah. It was um it was obviously the weakest part of Corbin Carroll's game. Uh, but the reality is that he's he's so good at so many other things that he can he can still be like an MVP candidate he's and a still have player. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's he the, is quite literally the definition of a four. He's a player. yeah, he is definitely a four tool player for sure. Um, and hey, if you were going to have a four tool player, 
the the tool you'd want to sure. leave out would be the throwing arm for, for an outfielder. We've talked about that before. Like it's yeah. by far the least valuable of the of the five tools. Yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right. Um. So yeah, that probably just is what it is. And when the D-backs brought Lourdes Gurriel back, they were in some ways buying Corbin Carroll some more innings in right field. Not necessarily the best situation. Uh, what else? Uh, what else we got, Damon? Uh, this is a question from our friend Alex. Um, Alex is noticing that I put out uh, very sad Suns tweets from time to time, and he wants to know how much does Jesse get paid for his sad little Suns tweets following each loss? Um, they're on the house, Alex. They're on the house. They're just they're just me expressing my sad boy hour feelings about the Phoenix Suns. And uh, I've, I've, you know, been a pretty avid Suns fan for a long time, especially since the team uh, started not being a total embarrassment a few years ago. And uh, yeah, they have not, they have not repaid my efforts well, Damon. Uh, my fandom has been very disappointed here in, in, in recent, recent months. It's been a rough go of it. It's been a, it's been a pretty rough go. Yeah. My hope is still, I still have some hope that the Suns are, are going to be able to turn things around. Um, I just think the roster is, is too talented for this team to continue to play like around 500, even below 500 where they are right now. Um, but yeah, honestly, we were talking about this earlier in the office. I kind of just want Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson back. I'm, I'm one of, I'm one of those Suns fans who's like, looks at Kevin Durant's crazy, uh, crazy stats and is not moved and is like, give me the, give me the fun that, you know, Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson brought to this team when they were here. Uh, so yeah unfortunate yeah. it's pretty rough it's it, it's not looking good right now it's not there's looking gonna be good. Some, there needs to be some sort of roster shakeup. you want you want frank vogel out damon yeah is that I, what think we want? I think that's fair too i think that's the first reasonable starting point i don't think the suns can really trade their way out of this uh they might get like an interesting buyout dude or something at the trade deadline but that's yeah. uh that's a little ways away um that's fair but yeah, I will. I will continue to be a Suns fan, and I will continue to tweet out. Uh, you know, ooh, that's slander on your name, Jesse. What are people? Brian what are people Abdallah saying right says, now? I think Jesse is a closet Laker fan. That is not true. No, it's that not. is that is not true. Yeah, I can, I can attest to the, to Jesse's fandom. He is a big Suns <laughs> fan. That is that is so disrespectful. I grew up in Arizona and have really never. I guess I, I've had a soft spot for a couple of other teams. Like growing up, I had a soft spot for the Twins and the Phillies. Uh, my parents are from uh, Minnesota and, and Philadelphia, respectively. So, um, you know, I've had like, like, yeah, you know, I sort of like that team or whatever. Um, but no, the Arizona teams, uh, Suns, uh, Cardinals, unfortunately, uh, were definitely my teams growing up and have continued to stay that way for, for better or worse. Uh, we have one more mailbag question, which is uh, an incredibly silly and fun one. Uh, this is from Aaron Hughes. I, I'm still trying to understand exactly what this means, um, but Aaron said if the D-backs roster was a murder mystery story, who would be Sherlock and Watson? Who would be first dead? And who would turn out to be the killer? Derek is not with us today, and he would thrive off this question. This is Derek's question. This is absolutely a Derek question. And so even Derek, even though Derek is on vacation, I did shoot him a text message about this question, and he responded within a matter of about 15 seconds. I think he, <laughs> I think he was like just sitting there like waiting for me to ask him this. He likes to spy on us from afar on his, on his days off. Um, so he immediately, these were uh, Derek's exact words. He said, Corbin is first dead. 
Tori is the killer. Nobody will ever see it coming. So Tori kills Corbin Carroll. There you go. Um, and then I followed up and said, all right, well, who are Sherlock and Dr. Watson? And he said, Gabby and Lourdes. He said, Lourdes is Sherlock. Gabby is Watson. And the whole movie is in Spanish. <laughs> I, I just want to say I received the most Jesse text ever regarding this question. <laughs> he said, does this question make sense to you? Uh, he sent it to me earlier today, and I was laughing before Jesse got in the office <laughs> showing Danielle and Leah, and we all thought it was the funniest thing ever just because Je that's so Jesse to just be like, this isn't baseball. <laughs> yeah, you know, we like to have fun on the show. I, I was just... I was just confused. Like, like, how do you turn a roster into a murder? Like, it just, it just, like, my analytical brain, it just, like, didn't totally click for me. Um, but there you go. You all wanted to know what Derek thought, and that's what Derek thought. Danielle said that she thought Paul Seawald would, would be the killer because he's crazy. That's what she said. Paul Seawald's crazy? I don't know. That's what she said. Isn't he the one that, I don't know. Okay. All right. You guys are always talking about his, like, fun dad, like, personality and... You know, just like the dad jokes and the like. Maybe that's why you didn't see it coming. He's a murderer now. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I didn't exactly have Tory Peg as the killer either, and that's uh, that's the direction Derek went. So it's always someone you don't see coming. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess that's the way it's supposed to be. Um, but yes, I hope uh, I hope uh, Derek's answer has everyone as entertained as they were as they were hoping to be. Uh, that that is a it's a it's a pretty funny question. Um, Jack Summers, our friend, says the fact that Christian Walker is not Sherlock Holmes invalidates the premise of the response. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, we can we can make uh, we can make Christian Walker Sherlock. If Christian Walker is Sherlock Holmes, then who is Watson? I guess that would be my follow up question. Yeah, it's a great question. I think because what Derek was going for there was the Lordis Gabby connection that they have you know I, right when i was thinking earlier i was like what about like miguel castro and luis frias you know? right it's got to be like it's a dynamic be, duo kind sure. of a thing but christian walker's identity in the clubhouse isn't really tied to anyone else i'm aware of um let's see who could that be christian walker and is it is it paven smith is that what Karen it is just said paven's the killer ah uh, it's only yeah all right so yeah, either Christian, either Paven Smith is Watson or Paven Smith is the killer. Uh, you got, you guys can decide, or uh, both. Or both. Yeah, that would be. Now that that's just that's we just cooked it up. I think that's just straight. That's just straight fire right there. What an, incre what an incredible storyline that would be. Uh, well, hey, speaking of incredible things, uh, if you haven't already, you should hit up our friends over at Shady Rays and get yourself some incredible sunglasses. Uh, we know it's been a little gloomy in the valley recently, but the sun is back out looks like it's going to be for a while you want to make sure you have your shady rays uh, if you have not gotten them already they are an independent sunglasses company a world-class product just as good as expensive sunglasses durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures shady rays offers the most insane protection plan in all of eyewear every pair of sunglasses is backed by their lost and broken replacements plan which is wild if you lose or break your pair even on day one they tell us that they will send you another brand new pair no questions asked they have your back long after you purchase exclusively for our listeners shady rays is giving out the best deal of the season go to shadyrays.com and use code phnx for 50 percent off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250 000 people 
Uh, also want to tell you about our friends over at Empire. Uh, of course, getting new flooring like during the holidays may be a little ambitious. That seems a little chaotic. Uh, but now that Christmas is behind us, we're heading toward New Year's. Uh, something to think about if it's something that you've wanted to do uh, maybe in your house for a while. With Empire today, you get shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation, and a price match guarantee. Uh, they also uh, come to you with a curated product selection. Their philosophy is to help you find what you need, not overwhelm you with a whole bunch of options. It can be very, very overwhelming if there's just way more there than, than what, you're, uh, what you're really prepared emotionally to deal with. Uh, so uh, we love that about them. You can also use their virtual floor designer. That's a great way to see how new floors will look in any space. So schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use the promo code PHNX. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash PHNX for details. Uh, well, that concludes our mailbag here on this Mailbag Tuesday edition. We'll have a bunch of guests uh, throughout the week. Uh, so looking forward to that. I believe we have uh, Jack Summers making a return appearance on the show later in the week. Uh, should be a great time having him back into the studio. Some other folks uh, around the office lined up as well. Uh, so be sure to join us here throughout this week uh, for more on this Arizona Diamondbacks team. Uh, as always, you can give us all a follow on Twitter. You can find me at Jesse N. Friedman. You can find Damon at Damon Dog. I am Damon's dog. Bark, bark. Feels very sad to do this on my own. I appreciate that though, Jesse. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, I, I am, I am Damon Stock through, through, through thick and thin. Um, and of course, you can also give us a follow on Twitter at phnx underscore dbacks. But of course, all roads lead to at phnx underscore sports. That's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, well, thank you again all for joining us here today on the phnx dbacks show. Uh, and remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when Mitch Garver plays on your team. And when you're in the Four Peaks mini bar. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.